turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Gordon Griffin. Vice President Mike Pence sought Sunday to reassure the American public that the federal government is working to make sure that state and local authorities are able to test for the coronavirus as the number of U.S. cases grew following reports of new infections in Illinois, Rhode Island, Rhode Island, and Washington State. At a news conference, Governor Gina Raimondo says it's very important for parents to talk to their children calmly about what is going on. Kids have to be aware. They have to be careful. They have to be vigilant. We all have to be washing our hands, using hand sanitizer, um, being smart about it, but there is no need for panic. Rhode Island State Public Health officials announced the state's first virus case on Sunday in someone in their 40s who had traveled to Italy in mid-February. The person is hospitalized and receiving treatment. More details at srnnews.com. Mark Levin sees people rooting for the Democrats. Who else can't wait for one of those Democrats to get elected? Our enemies. Our enemies love these people. They know they'll kill our economy. They know they'll undermine our military. They know they'll create chaos and worse here at home. The red Chinese are rooting for the Democrats. The Palestinians are rooting for the Democrats. The Iranians, Hezbollah, Hamas, they're all rooting for the Democrats. Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. The second hour of the Closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson is next here on a Sunday afternoon just after 2 p.m. Thank you for joining us on The Patriot. I'm in the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center. We have a new newsletter. It's all your top stories in one place. If you're on the go, if you're busy, this is for you. It is the Patriot Daybreak Insider, and you can subscribe using the keyword subscribe at am1280thepatriot.com. From the Great Plains Windows and Doors Weather Center, your forecast calls for a beautiful afternoon, mostly sunny, mid-40s for the high. The following program was pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls at 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us on Facebook, feel free to do so. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, give us a like and a follow if you haven't done so already. As always, we appreciate your support. Yes, it's the officially the first weekend in March. It was the first weekend in March back in 2004 when the Northern Alliance Radio Network made its debut on this very radio station. And there was about uh, seven or eight guys that were rotating in and out of the studio. Mitch was playing the proverbial traffic cop. Four or five guys would come in, talk about something, then they'd rotate out, and another four or five would come in and talk about a few more things. And a lot of personalities have come and gone but my uh, friend and colleague Mitch Berg, as well as uh, King Banyan, who could be heard on our sister station every Saturday, AM 1440, The Businessman from 9 to 11 a.m., they remain stalwarts of the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And I am, yeah, it's a great thing. I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, started my show back in June of 2011. And uh, there's no signs of slowing down yet for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, the first all grassroots political talk show, often imitated. Never duplicated, again, celebrating 16 years 
on the air. And uh, I can't emphasize enough without you, the listeners, and your incredible support. It just wouldn't be possible. It just wouldn't. And uh, you you deserve kudos, too. Uh, I'm, I'm applauding you right now as it is. So we, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I want to get to some legislation at the federal level, particularly the U.S. Senate, from this past week. Uh, between the coronavirus, the stock market tanking, and the Democrats on the verge of making a septenarian communist their presidential nominee, uh, there was a crucial vote in the Senate that was taken this past week that hasn't gotten a lot of light. Because I remember how the Washington Post tells us that democracy dies in darkness. Well, uh, yeah, they they can say that they covered a certain vote in the Senate, but how they covered it is what we should be taking issue with. Now, this past week, the Senate took up uh, legislation that I believe was initially sponsored by Republican Senator Ben Sass out of Nor- uh, Nebraska is the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Now, what this legislation entails is it would require physicians to provide medical care to uh, babies who survive an attempted abortion. And you can you can argue whether that that's rare that that ever occurs. And you, you'd be right. And people say, well, that's that's just kind of it. That's just nonsense. A scenario like that would never happen. But the problem is when you've got Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia talking about a scenario where a baby is born and the mother is not sure she wants the baby, that and he says something like, we'll keep the baby comfortable and decide what options we want to go forth with. All right? And that's just downright ghoulish. So this particular legislation is in response to that. Now, thankfully, that infanticide bill did not pass in Virginia. However, it did pass in New York, basically allowing a physician to decide that, yeah, um, this baby, even though it's literally hours from being born, it hasn't been born yet, so therefore, under this New York law, uh, a physician can decide to counsel the mother and say, yes, termination of this pregnancy is an option that's available to you, you know, for whatever reasons stated. So this idea that leftists are pushing back and saying none of those scenarios are plausible, we need to allow that to be a decision between a woman and her doctor. Well, there are prominent pediatricians that are coming out and saying under no scenario whatsoever is an abortion necessary to save a mother's life when it's about nine months into the pregnancy. Early birth? Emergency birth? Yes. Abortion? Never. Okay? But somehow... These prominent pediatricians aren't quite given the platform that some of these other doctors are who are saying, yeah, you know, we can certainly justify an abortion at eight months, 29 days. Yeah, absolutely. And I bring all this up to say that the media coverage or lack thereof of this particular issue was uh, just disgusting. And I'm appalled by it. And Alexander DeSanctris... Alexandra DeSanctis, who writes for the National Review, and for my money, is probably the most insightful writer and plugged-in writer on abortion issues. Uh, She titled a piece at National Review this past week, How Democrats Get Away with Justifying Infanticide. And I'll uh, I'll read the piece through, and I'll inject my own comments a little bit. Earlier this week, 41 Democrat senators successfully filibustered the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which would require doctors to provide standard medical care to infants who survive attempted abortion procedures. Contrary to Democratic claims, the bill is neither unnecessary nor redundant. Abortion survivors are not a fiction invented by the pro-life movement. No law currently protects such infants. And the bill neither regulates nor limits abortion or women's health care options. All it requires is that doctors give the same degree of care to newborns who survive abortion that any other child born alive at the same gestational age would receive. So you, you can obviously you see the motive behind wanting to deny this bill. 
because that if they were to pass this into legislation, that would obviously point out the flaw in their worldview in that that baby is not yet a human being. They call it a fetus, or, or some people call it a clump of cells. It's disgusting what some of these pro-radical, pro-abortion radicals will do to justify that worldview. How they say, oh, I can't believe a clump of cells has more rights than an actual human, human a female human, you know, that sort of thing. And so that's how they go about justifying this barbaric procedure, by dehumanizing the baby. I'll read more from Alexander DeSanctis' piece. In more than a dozen states, it is not currently illegal for a doctor to allow a newborn who survives an abortion to die of neglect. Had Democrats not blocked it, this bill would have changed that. Republicans hope that the outcome of this vote will sway voters later this year, exposing Democrats' radical commitment to the logic of abortion, which turns a blind eye to infants being allowed to die simply because they were meant to have been aborted. One survey from March 2019 found that nearly three-quarters of Americans believe doctors should be required to care for infants who survive abortion. Another survey found even higher support, 82% said they oppose removing medical care from viable infants. But will Americans ever find out that the Democrats disagree with them? Given the way the prominent media outlets have covered the Born Alive bill, that seems unlikely. And that's what Democrats are banking on. Plus, again, as I mentioned, they it was fortuitous that there were so many other larger news stories to essentially drown this out. So Alexandra DeSanctis, she found a few sample headlines from media outlets. CNN had this, two abortion restriction bills that force tough votes for vulnerable senators fail in the Senate. Well, first of all, caring for an infant who sides, who, who survives an abortion attempt is not abortion restriction. The abortion was already allowed to happen, to begin, to take place. It's just the infant, by some minor miracle, survived it. And so now this law kicks in and says, well, you should be able to give that infant medical care. Okay? That's not restricting abortion. It's ludicrous. But that was the CNN headline. Uh, Politico, anti-abortion bills fail to advance in Senate vote. CBS News, two bills banning most late-term abortions blocked by Senate Democrats. Unbelievable. Newsweek, Mitch McConnell faces backlash over bid to force Senate votes on anti-abortion laws. You know, we we go over on this show ad nauseum how blatantly dishonest and deceptive the media can be. All right? And it's it's very clear they have an agenda when this is the kind of bilge that they put out. Okay, again, the abortion is already being allowed to happen. It's just I can't stress it enough. If a baby happens to survive it, again, it's rare, but it does happen. They should be treated as a regular infant that was birthed and therefore given medical care. And again, I'll uh, con- I'll uh, wrap up Alexander DeSanctis' piece. Uh, the type of routinely inaccurate coverage does a lot to explain why Democrats like Dick Durbin feel confident heading to the Senate floor to lie about the contents of the Born Alive bill. Not to be outdone, NBC News published an op-ed by Democrat Senator Gene Shaheen, again out of New Hampshire, packed with demonstrably false assertions about the bill. It is understandable that Democrats would prefer to pretend that they were not opposing a bill that merely requires ordinary care for infants. Why would they admit the truth when they, when every prominent outlet is ready and willing to run coverage twisting the contents of the bill and parroting abortion supporters' own talking points. If Americans remain in the dark about how radical Democrats are on abortion policy and on offering Senate care to all infants, it's because that's where media want them to be. And I know I bring this up on the show often, but go back to early 2018. It's when Republicans had control of both the House and Senate. Between both chambers of Congress, there were 210 Democrats. Uh, and or, um, Was it 210? I believe it was. Something like that. 
I don't remember the exact number. It doesn't really matter. I believe it was well more about 240. I'm sorry, 242 Democrats between the House and Senate in early 2018. And of those 242, six, six voted on a bill that would ban abortions past 20 weeks. Yet most Democrat voters, 50%, in fact, say that they oppose abortion past 20 weeks. So Democrats very clearly are not representing their own voter base. But because a story like this doesn't see the light of day, uh, the voters don't know that. So does democracy die in darkness? Absolutely. But it can also be buried alive under a pile of bullpucky. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back in mere moments. Go nowhere. Happening across the nation right now. ADP is helping Party City stores streamline recruiting. Music houses like Squeaky Clean Studios are demoing tracks while ADP helps keep business on track. And ADP helps a small Mexican restaurant keep up with compliance demands. When ADP helps businesses achieve what they're working for, that's newsworthy. HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. Learn more at design.adp.com. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call one 800 366 67773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org or better yet simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword pro life pro life across america is non-political and totally educational a baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception Hi, this is PJ from PJ's Appliance Outlet, your local, family-owned, and operated appliance store. No matter where you live in the Twin Cities, PJ's is worth the drive. We're centrally located in Plymouth. Just this past month, we've had satisfied customers from Maple Grove, St. Paul, Minneapolis, Eden Prairie, Bloomington, all over the Twin Cities. We take great pride in separating ourselves from those overpriced big box stores by simply providing over-the-top customer service, great quality products at unbeatable prices. PJ's has quickly become the trusted go-to store for brand new scratch and dent appliances. You can save hundreds, sometimes thousands of dollars on brand new warrantied name brand refrigerators, ovens, washers and dryers, dishwashers and freezers, top brands like LG, Frigidaire and much more. Come visit our showroom today and ask for PJ, Bob or Jake or visit our website at PJsApplianceOutlet.com. That's PJsApplianceOutlet.com where every deal is a steal. Send free e-cards from the largest online Christian greeting card site, CrossCards.com. Find thousands of cards for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, or just to let someone know you care. Brighten someone's day by sending an e-card from CrossCards.com. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson, the closer. Closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network Programming. You can check out my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. He is the headliner edition, heard Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. And my friend and colleague King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's the King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m., again on our sister station, AM 1440. And me, Brad Carlson, The Closer, closing out weekends, Sundays, 1 to 3 and as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And feel free to drop us a tweet if you uh, wouldn't mind. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. As always, thanks for tuning in as uh, this uh, weekend we're celebrating the 16th anniversary of the Northern Alliance Radio Network being on the air. 
1280 The Patriot. Again, Northern Alliance Radio Network, the first all-grassroots political talk show, often imitated, never duplicated, and steamrolling all the competition that dares get on our way in the all-important weekend conservative talk genre here in the Twin Cities. And again, I can't thank you, the listeners, enough for your support over these many years. Well, I do want to get to the Democrat uh, clown show, as I'm effectively calling it, for uh, president. And then in the next segment, we're going to be joined by the final two segments of the broadcast by our political wonk, Matt Makowiak, breaking down all that is going on in the Democrat uh, battle for president. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the South Carolina debate. I'm telling you, I'm 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 tuning in just for the entertainment value. And if you remember last week's show, I played multiple sound clips from the Nevada debate, where basically it was an attempt to pig pile upon Mike Bloomberg, because Mike Bloomberg uh, is, stands for pretty much every a lot of things, or at least a lot of things that the Democrats are against, particularly someone starting a business and making it successful and having wealth. I mean, that seems to be foreign to a lot of these Democrats. Well, obviously with the South Carolina primary taking place uh, yesterday, and they had the uh, next debate in uh, South Carolina, and it was pretty much kind of the same thing. Obviously, the party is panicked. The Democrat establishment is panicked because Bernie Sanders has won the first three contests, Iowa, New Hampshire, now um, Nevada. So they're panicked that he's pretty much a frontrunner. And Joe Biden doing well in South Carolina it really isn't going to stop Bernie. But we'll talk to Matt about this um, next uh, next segment because I do want to kind of get his insight on what they're going to attempt to do to stop Bernie. And what I've said, like I said last week, this is eerily similar to what the Republicans were going through in 2016 trying to slow down Donald Trump. Obviously, that didn't, that didn't happen. Because the fear would be Donald Trump's candidacy would be an extinction-level event for Republicans. Not only was it not that, he won the presidency and the Republicans maintained all of Congress. And they were actually able to be somewhat productive the first year or two of Trump's administration. Well, the Democrats, again, I would caution anybody, because we heard a lot of this. A lot of South, South Carolina was an open primary, and you saw a lot of Trump supporters vowing to go out and create chaos because Biden was the overwhelming favorite to win South Carolina. They were vowing to go out and create chaos and vote for Bernie Sanders because Bernie Sanders is the opponent you most want to face in the election. To which I say, that's a mistake. You never, ever, ever want to pick the guy that you, or the candidate you think is most vulnerable. Because look at how many millions upon millions Trump got in free airtime, in-kind contributions from the media in 2016. He hardly spent a lot of money. He didn't raise a lot of money in 2016. But yet, the airtime, free airtime that he received from the establishment media, the left-wing media, as it were, was priceless. It was money he did not have to spend to tout his own campaign. Okay, But yet, the agenda-driven media, they figured he would be easiest to beat, so let's put him up against Hillary Clinton you know, and a misogynist like Donald Trump going up against a, a female candidate, well, that's just that's just a recipe for a landslide victory. Well, funny thing happened on the way to that landslide. So Carol uh, Markowitz, uh, who uh, is a terrific writer for the New York Post, was a guest columnist at uh, the uh, American Spect- or Spectator USA, I should say. Go to spectator.us to see their fine work there. She basically talked about how the debate, this past this past week was essentially a game show. The debate took place in Charleston, uh, South Carolina. At one point in the Democratic debate in South Carolina, Mike Bloomberg referred to the other candidates as, quote, contestants, close quote. The evening certainly felt like a raucous game show. The moderators had no control whatsoever. Everyone had a, everybody had a good time. There will be some nice parting gifts, such as nominations to Secretary of State or other offices, should there be a Democratic win. Elizabeth Warren's campaign is dead. It has been for weeks. But she insists on dragging it around and sticking its rotting corpse in the faces of the other candidates. She's not happening. And no selfie line, actually just a photo line, is going to change that. 
The presence of Tom Steyer and Elizabeth Warren, two people with no shot at winning the Democratic primary whatsoever, starts to feel suspicious at this juncture. Are they there to draw votes from the others, only to predictably predictably endorse Bernie Sanders? The rumor among the political set is that Warren has struck a deal for VP with Sanders. It's possible, but just as possible is that Warren is eyeing a contested convention where she makes the argument that she's palatable to Bernie's fans, having similar politics and having only attacked him before the actual primaries began, but less crazy. That that sounds like a ready-made campaign slogan. I'm, I'm, I'm just like the front runner, just less crazy. Put that on a bumper sticker to see how that plays. <clears throat> Anyways, I digress. More than anything, it was a debate of continual missed opportunities for everyone not named Bernie Sanders. The candidates continued to behave as though everyone doesn't already know their biographies. Yes, Elizabeth Warren has brothers who were in the military. Yes, Amy Klobuchar has an Uncle Dick and a deer stand. Joe Biden has any number of friends named uh, Fritzel or Fizzle or possibly both. Anyone still watching this debate three contests in and on the eve of the fourth for the debating skills of the candidates is missing the point. Did Bloomberg do well? Did Sanders stumble? Did Elizabeth Warren start all her answers with so and look? It's all irrelevant. There was one purpose in this debate, and that was to land rhetorical blows on Bernie Sanders. The candidates mostly failed to do that. Pete Buttigieg seemed ready to take some jabs at the frontrunner, but was constantly interrupted by the moderators. At one point, he used the international relations question to return to health insurance and take a rather meek shot at Sanders for his proposal to get rid of private insurance. This should be the club with which to beat the Sanders campaign, yet none of them, certainly not the deceased Warren campaign, is looking to do that. Joe Biden's last stand this weekend is this weekend in South Carolina. He may still win the state and try to force a two-man standoff with Bernie Sanders, but but he is increasingly incoherent, saying at one point that 150 million people have been killed by guns since 2007. He doesn't seem to be up for running this race. The people around him should help him bow out. Yeah, I forgot to mention that during my uh, first couple segments talking about the gun issue. 150 million? That's literally one half the U.S. population. One half the U.S. population has been has succumbed to gun violence, according to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, again, even a good showing in South Carolina is not going to uh, dist- deter the fact that you know he he was basically dragged into this race, you know, to kind of c- continue the Obama legacy or kind of reemerge as the uh, as the Obama successor. And what we forget is that the Democrat grassroots, excuse me, no longer has any love for Obama. I mean, look at it. During the Obama presidency from 2009 to 2016, whenever there was an election that he was not on the ballot, Democrats got shellacked. There's no getting around that. I mean, you add it all up between Congress, state legislatures, and gubernatorial offices, the Democrats lost close to a net of 1,000 seats during during the Obama administration, when, when Obama was not on the ballot. Okay? So they've got no love for Obama anymore. And Joe Biden, if he's trying to keep that link going, it's not working. All right? It's not going to happen for him. In fact, there was even rumors, there was a story I read as Biden was considering getting in the race before he officially announced he was getting in the presidential race. There was a story that came out where Barack Obama, I don't know if he called him or met with him in person, took him aside and said, Joe, you, you don't have to do this. This isn't necessary. And, you know, I, I'm not so much an ageist because what guys like Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders are doing in their 70s, the way they're all over the country so many places at once going to all these rallies. I only hope I'm I have that kind of energy when I'm in my 70s. Okay? Now Bernie ended up having a heart attack a few months ago, but he's seemingly overcome that. All right? So I'm not an ageist, but Joe Biden clearly does not have the the mental faculties to hang in. He's way, making way too many gaffes. Just the other day, he's talking about he, how he wants to appoint the first ever African American senator in this country's history. 
Number one, senators aren't appointed. Number two, we've already had multiple African-American female senators. The first was Carol Mosley-Braun back in the 90s, and we currently have Kamala Harris. All right, I think what he meant to say is the first African-American Supreme Court justice, which is noble, Joe. We appreciate that. But you effectively filibustered Janice Rogers-Brown for a federal judiciary appointment back, I believe, in 2005. So this is all just his desperate attempt to try to gin up identity politics in the race at this point. Okay? And it's just not working for him. It just isn't. But um, they're going to pull out all the stops to try to uh, stop Bernie, and uh, I just don't see it happening at this point. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. We come back. uh, Political walk Matt Makoviak coming up on the broadcast. Get his uh, insight on the Democrat presidential race right here. On the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. Your first year of Christian school is half price through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. If you see public school as a negative influence on your child's faith, it's time to make a change. To find out more about our half price Christian school tuition program, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Limitless access to intelligent talk. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities, but serve worldwide. Sebastian Gorka here for Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that was formulated by doctors to help your body deal with inflammation and pain. The reason I've told so many of my friends about the three-week quick start is because as we get older, occasional aches and pains can be a real problem, keeping you from sleeping through the night or doing the things you love and need to do, like taking walks or playing golf, going up or downstairs, or simply playing with your kids or grandkids. Tens of thousands are now like me, glad they ordered the three-week quick start for just nineteen ninety-five. After years of back pain, I found relief, and I believe you could too. Folks, this is why the father and son owners of Relief Factor, Pete and Seth Talbot, created the three-week quick start, and they discounted it to only nineteen ninety-five. Approximately 70% of those who order it go on to order more. Let's see if we can get you out of pain too. Go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. Everybody wants cheap airfare, but where do you find it? You call low-cost airlines. Their prices are direct from the airlines, and they're so low you can't find these fares published anywhere. They specialize in cheap flights, discount hotel rooms, cheap car rental rates, and great package deals anywhere around the world. Wherever you want to go, they can help you get there cheaply and with the best price guarantee. If you want the lowest prices on your airline tickets or other travel services, call now. That's right, call. That's the only way to get these rates. Experts are standing by 24-7 to get you the cheapest airfare and hotel rates available. So don't wait. Call right now for the lowest travel prices anywhere and for great last-minute travel deals, too. Call right now. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. 800-708-3091. That's 800-708-3091. When it comes to replacing your windows and doors, ignorance is not bliss. You only want to have to do it once, and you don't want to make a mistake. Great Plains Windows and Doors has been helping homeowners all over the Twin Cities with their replacement needs, utilizing the entire line of Anderson Core product, including the most popular 400 series, which contractors trust the most, and they're made right here in Minnesota. Now that sounds like bliss. For a truly remarkable experience, contact Great Plains Windows and Doors at greatplainswindows.com. Welcome back. AM1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. If you'd like to participate in the show, hey, feel free to do so. Just go to Twitter, use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow for any comments or questions. And you can also go to our Facebook page, leave a comment there. Just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, as always, we appreciate your support low these many years uh, as we're celebrating 16 years this uh, weekend of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming and showing no signs of slowing down, and we appreciate it. Uh, talk, continuing to talk about the Democrat uh, presidential race with our official political walk, Matt Bakoviak. Always good to have Matt 
on the broadcast. Check out his fine work at MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, Mac on politicspodcast.com where you can find out find his fantastic podcasts with some of the big hitters that he has an opportunity to chat with as well as his weekly Washington Times column. Matt, always good to have you in the broadcast. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time as always. Uh obviously want to uh transition into the Democratic uh presidential race. Uh, Bernie Sanders having taken the f- first three contests in Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada, Joe Biden looks to uh, have a strong showing in um, South Carolina. Don't know if that does much to uh, give him any kind of momentum. But uh, in your estimation, Matt, I just I guess I'll just ask uh, the short question. Uh, is this pretty much uh, Bernie Sanders uh, nomination to lose Matt McCoviak? Yeah, I think he's still likely to have the most delegates by the time the convention uh, in, in uh, Milwaukee comes around. Uh, but that's, you know, the question is going to be how close does he get to the majority needed, the 1991 delegates needed to clinch the majority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he's at 40 or 45 percent of the delegates, I think it's going to be really hard to stop him. If he's at 35 or 30, um, that that's a different situation, and you could have a, a brokering on the second ballot. But that's right. I mean, look, Joe Biden's uh, strong performance in South Carolina is going to give him new momentum. He's going to win probably four, maybe five states on Super Tuesday, all southern states, Arkansas. Alabama, North Carolina. Uh, we'll see what happens with Texas, and it's close. Going to be close between uh, Sanders and Biden. I actually think after Tuesday, you know, Bloomberg was hoping that this would be a two-person race, Bloomberg and Sanders after Tuesday. I think that now, as as improbable as this seemed, maybe one, as recently as one week ago, this race is turning into Sanders versus Biden. Mm. You know, as, as you as you and I are talking this weekend. Mike Bloomberg doesn't have one dollar of television uh, planned starting Wednesday morning. Wow. It makes me wonder if his campaign is, is not necessarily hasn't made any decision, decisions, but is uh, on hold. Really, they want to see how Super Tuesday goes. How many delegates does he get? Where does he stand? How does Biden do? Is Bernie Sanders lead significant? Because I, I think you may see a move towards having the party unify around Biden, not Bloomberg, stop to stop Sanders. Uh, as soon as Wednesday morning. Now, that's interesting because there was a piece that came out a little over a week ago uh, at Politico where it indicated that Bloomberg was quietly uh, plotting a uh, brokered convention strategy. And again, that was a little over a week ago, which in today's news cycle is Eon. So um, given what you've just indicated, Matt McCoviak, is that kind of uh, plan kind of fallen by the wayside? Or is he still maybe kind of posturing for that? Because from everything that he said, that even if he doesn't get the nomination, and again, this is something that he said before he officially entered the race, he would still continue to purchase ad space through November, even if he's not the nominee. So is it just kind of a fly-by-night strategy he's going with here, Matt McCoviak? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. And I, I just think that conventional wisdom on this race could be very different Wednesday morning. If Biden wins four or five states, Sanders wins the rest, and Bloomberg doesn't win anywhere. I mean, he's going to get delegates because he's going to be over the, the viability threshold in a lot of these states. But he's sure. he's going to be in third place, you know, quite a distance behind everyone else, behind Sanders and Biden. And so if the party really is going to launch an effort to stop Sanders, they've got to get behind one person. And I just think there's a chance Tuesday will be that forcing mechanism. Uh, the challenge is they do want Bloomberg to keep spending money. They don't want him to stop spending money. Um, and, you know, he says he's going to spend money even if he's not the nominee, but uh, you could see how that may change. I don't know right. what his enthusiasm level is truly going to be for Bernie Sanders if he was the nominee. So, yeah, I do think Bloomberg's team uh, believed believes that going into Super Tuesday, the votes will be the, the delegates will be spread so much that it'll be impossible for anyone to get a, to get a, a, a majority by the time the convention comes around. And so everyone has a as a so-called broker convention strategy. Um but that's so so far off uh, that that really it's going to be about again what is what how how close does Bernie get to the majority, who's in second, can the second and third place finishers if they put their delegates together get a majority or overcome Bernie? Those are the kinds of questions that are going to matter once we get to Milwaukee. Obviously, Matt, you've been uh, following electoral politics for some time, and I know we talked quite a bit at length four years ago during the 2016 campaign about how. Uh, there was similar efforts to try to stop Trump. It looked like Trump inexplicably kept winning despite the fact some of the things he said. Everybody said, oh, the things he just said today, this is going to torpedo his campaign, and it only seemed to exacerbate his chances. And there was talk 
we need to stop Trump, and no one really wanted to drop out and form some sort of coalition to stop him. And, of course, we all know what happened. He ended up being the nominee, and you get all this free media, which was priceless because he didn't spend a lot of money. I, I bring all that up, Matt, because I hear a lot of the same rhetoric being said about Sanders, where the establishment Democrats are worried this could be an extinction-level event for the party, and it'll affect down-ballot Democrats, and we have to do whatever we can to stop Bernie. And you have people in South Carolina talking about Operation Chaos. We want to face Bernie. Let's go out in this open primary and support Bernie. Uh, as we saw with Trump, that's a very dangerous strategy to apply with Bernie Sanders. Do you see any any difference, or do you caution fellow Republicans to say, be careful what you wish for, Matt Bacowiak? Yeah, well, I don't know if I necessarily say that. I mean, I think of the three, look, I think the nominee is only going to be Sanders, uh, Biden, or perhaps Bloomberg. I don't think there's a path for anyone else this stage. Um, if you look at those three people, I would, I, I think Sanders is by far the best nominee for, for Trump to face. Sure. From Trump's perspective, by far, I think it's not even really close. Uh, does that mean Sanders cannot win? I, I, I think I, I'd probably be hesitant to make that kind of blanket statement. Uh, who's, who knows what the economy will be in the fall? This coronavirus, you know, mm-hmm. there's some other scandal, you know, who knows? Um, but I do think that I think the Democratic Party is not going to fully unify if Bernie's the nominee. But I also think Bernie's base is not going to unify if he's not the nominee. So I think they actually have a really divisive few months ahead of them. Sure. Uh, the difference between the scenario you laid out with Trump in 2016 and what they're going through now is on the Republican side, those early those, those primaries were, were winner take all. And in, on the Democratic side, it's all proportional. OK, so when you have this many people you know, staying in, you're just simply not going to be able to get close enough, I think, to the majority. And that's that's why they are going to have to come together. Uh, what, in your mind, happened with the uh, Warren campaign? I mean, I know a lot of people had issues with her candidacy. Obviously, her past statements on her fabricated yeah. Native American uh, heritage was certainly uh, kind of uh, blew up in her face. But she did have some good moments. She did have some moments where she was one of the uh, top-tier front runners, and then the whole kerfuffle with uh, Bernie Sanders basically uh, saying that he— uh, basically accused him of being a sexist, saying that Bernie said a woman would not be able to defeat Donald Trump, should not uh, be defeated. And that seemed to coincide with her drop in the polls. Do you think that that was kind of the defining moment for the foundering of her campaign, or was this just a correction that was to come regardless because she is so unlikable and because her policies are, uh, are, are so far out of the mainstream? Yeah, look, I think she peaked earlier than that. Uh, I do think that was an important moment, but I think she peaked earlier than that. You know, she peaked in the kind of late summer, early fall. And at, at that time, you know, she she really made her entire campaign about Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. And when the, you know, when the you know what hit the fan, she decided to sort of step back from it. And I, I, her position on Medicare for all is so confusing now, I'm not even sure I understand what it is. I'm not even sure she understands what it is. Right. She's on Bernie's bill and she defends it. But she also thinks there should be a phase-in period of like three or four years, uh, and maybe it should be an option. So I don't even really understand what her position is. I think at the end of the day, she tried to move back to the middle a little bit, and she realized, well, if you're a moderate voter, you're not going to support Elizabeth Warren. You're, you'd much rather support someone like Biden or Bloomberg or Pete Buttigieg or Amy Klobuchar. You know, so it's really about positioning more than anything else. And, and Bernie, I think part of how he's benefited from her you know, fall to, to, to earth uh, is that those progressive voters that were at one time supporting her over him had nowhere to go but to go to Bernie. Um, so, yeah, look, I just think at the end of the day, um, she has not found, you know, kind of played the politics of all this, you know, right. I do think there are some very unlikable qualities uh, to her as a candidate, which, which, which are a problem. You know, she's vicious. She's pretty vicious in these debates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you, if you work in politics, you know that, that, uh, that the choice to go negative is to, does not come without cost. Every time you go negative, you know, you hope it hurts the person you're going negative on more than it hurts you. But it does hurt you. And in a multi-candidate race, uh, when you attack someone, someone else always benefits. We see this time and time and time again. Uh, I remember in uh, 2004, uh, the, 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 old, the old Dick Gephardt murder-suicide when he basically went after Howard Dean and, and took, him, took him out, which provided the pathway for John Kerry to win Iowa. Mm. Uh, which seemed uh, totally impossible three three weeks uh, before the Iowa caucuses. So, yeah, well, I do think the Warren campaign will be studied for, for quite a while, and we may be able to understand better what happened, you know, after it comes to an end. Uh, because, you know, she deserves some credit. She's worked hard. She's built good organizations. She's got more policy plans out there than anybody. 
but to me, I think her appeal is really just elites. Uh, and it's really white elites. Um, and she's, you know, watch, here's something to watch on Tuesday. She's going to lose Massachusetts to Bernie Sanders. Wow. And I think there's going to be significant pressure on her to drop out. And you may see maybe Klobuchar drop out. I think she probably wins Minnesota. You may know better than me. Uh, but that'll be something to watch. She doesn't really have a path anymore. Uh, she's probably more of a VP or cabinet slot type of choice. So this field may, may be, you know, four or five days from now, maybe, four, maybe one or perhaps two people smaller than it is today. But, again, the only thing that matters is do Biden and Bloomberg somehow get together? And the challenge is neither one of them wants to be vice president. Biden's already done it, and Bloomberg is nobody's number two. So they don't really have a lot to negotiate with. But I think Biden's going to be in a stronger position after Tuesday. Matt, we have to take a break. Are you able to hold for one more segment with us, short segment? Sure. Back with one final segment on the broadcast with our political wonk, Matt McCoviak, talking all things Democrat uh, presidential candidates. Again, one final segment on the broadcast coming up on the Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. When we lost Dad this past year, it was really hard. Then we found out Minnesota was taking 13% of the inheritance he left behind. Even though Dad paid his taxes his entire life, that's just not fair. Not to mention, independent studies have shown the death tax drives so many people away, it actually loses the state money. It's time to end the unfair death tax now. To learn more, visit axthetaxmn.com. Brought to you by the Center of the American Experiment. Guys, waking up over and over to urinate is not okay. But now you can reduce those nighttime bathroom trips with the ingredients in Super Beta Prostate P3 Advanced. We're talking about less urges to urinate at night, less bathroom trips during the day, and better bladder emptying. It's like taking three prostate supplements in one. You can try a full 30-day bottle of P3 Advanced. Free. Just pay shipping and handling. No strings attached, no obligations, and no commitments to buy. This is a 30-day supply, absolutely free. Call 1-800-459-3174. Super Beta Prostate is the best-selling brand in major retailers like Walmart. But for this no-strings-attached free bottle, you must call now. Call 1-800-459-3174. Don't miss out on this unprecedented free offer. Call 1-800-459-3174. 1-800-459-3174. Social Security is with you through life's journey. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. We are there, day one, with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. We are there when you get your first job, helping you to save for the future. We are there when you marry your sweetheart, to help secure your new life together. We are there if the unexpected happens, to help you see life from a new perspective. We are there when you start your next chapter to make sure you get off to a great start. And we are there when you lose your soulmate to help make sure you will be all right. We are with you through life's journey, Social Security, securing today and tomorrow, Get to know us and see what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. If it was 1990, you'd be listening to your favorite radio station on a bulky boombox that burns through D batteries faster than you can say, you've got mail. Thankfully, it's the 21st century, and there are much better alternatives. For example, just ask Alexa to tune in. Alexa, play the Patriot Minneapolis. It's time to throw out that old beeper and get with the times. Listen to your favorite AM 1280 The Patriot hosts in high quality with Alexa and Amazon Echo. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. One final segment. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. hashtag Narn Show, hashtag NARN Show for any comments or questions on any show content. As always, we appreciate you tuning in. Again, being joined by our political wonk Matt McCoviak. Uh, check out his fine work, Mac on politicspodcast dot com. That's M A C K Mac on politicspodcast dot com for his regular podcast as well as his weekly. Washington Times column. I'm Matt talking Democrat presidential candidates. I want to uh, talk a little bit more 
uh, about uh, former Vice President Biden. Obviously, a, a good showing in South Carolina. There's there seems to be a path where he could win the nomination, although it seems very narrow. And and some of the gaffes he's been making on the campaign trail. I mean, just this past week. I mean, during the debate, he talked about 150 million people being killed via gun violence since 2007. That's literally half the population. Obviously, he misspoke there. And then the other day, talking about appointing the first ever African woman, African American uh, female senator. Uh, in the country, obviously, he meant to say Supreme Court justice. Uh, a lot of these just uh, unforced errors, which was seemed to be part of his charm, but now it just doesn't seem as humorous anymore to the point where it's so- very obvious something is off. So I guess the obvious question is, what was his incentive for even getting back into this race? I mean, Obama's legacy was pretty much shredded, one which he was a part of. I mean, what was what from your perspective could you see was an incentive to even jump back into this race? Yeah, you know, it's interesting how he's come back around. And South Carolina provided the, you know, the spark that he needed. Um, he's now, you know, clearly the strongest Democratic candidate with the African-American electorate. I think that's going to benefit him in states like North Carolina and Virginia. Sure. Some of the southern states are going to vote on Tuesday. Uh, he's going to have a solid block, and he's going to be in second or third place in delegates, and he's going to have a, a shot at this thing. Again, I mean, it seemed pretty shocking after how poorly he performed in Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, but second place in Nevada, and he did well with Latino voters there. And then, and then you know, strong forms in South Carolina, you add, add that together. He's got a new burst of momentum at a time when there are new questions about Bloomberg, whether he you know, really is the candidate that, that the Democratic base wants. Um, so, yeah, the closer we're getting here to, to, to these, you know, this, this calendar of, of primaries moving forward and, 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 you know, as we inch towards the convention, um, the Democrats have flawed choices, right? Sanders, uh, there are huge questions about whether he would be electable in a general election, what it would mean down ballot. You know, Bloomberg has massive resources, but clearly not a very good debater. Is on defense on a number of policies from when he was mayor and other things from when he was in business. And then, as you mentioned, Biden, you know, he's just, you know, every day it's something new. I mean, he said, said this week he made a pitch for electing him to the United States Senate. Right. Uh, he hasn't been in the Senate in 10 years. He was vice president, but, you know, in between. So, yeah, I do think it's going to it's it's the kind of thing if he's a nominee, it's going to put a dog him. So there's questions about uh, his you know mental acuity, uh, his sharpness. Um, and, you know, will it matter in the end? I'm not sure that that's going to be the reason why he wins or loses if he's a nominee. Uh, but, you know, he's going to have to show that he's you know truly prepared to be president of the United States at his age. Uh, and take on Trump, be tough enough and sharp enough, focused enough, take on Trump. Trump's going to be a tough opponent. You're seeing that every day. They're, they're doing so much on the campaign, running a smart campaign. Uh, you know, they raised twice as much money as Obama did at the same time. Right. Massive data efforts, massive advertising, uh, focusing on voter subgroups like African-Americans and, and you, know, w- you know, college-educated white women and Hispanics and veterans. Uh, it's, it's, this is going to be a really fascinating campaign this fall. Now, I know the uh, obviously it depends upon who the Democrat candidate is, you know, that will give that caveat right up front. But, you know, talking about a general election path, I don't know of many of the states that, uh, you know, that Trump won outside of maybe Wisconsin, Michigan or Pennsylvania that he would be particularly vulnerable in. So that being said, there are some polls that show Trump comfortably leads uh, all current candidates in Wisconsin and as uh, and then it's uh, as well as um, there's there's been talk that there's still some there's still a floor for Democrats in Pennsylvania, particularly with their anti-fracking ban that it won't play well in Western Pennsylvania, where there's still some ground for them to lose. So really, the realistic thing, state that they could flip from 2016 is Michigan, and that wouldn't be enough. So I guess I ask you, Matt, are there can you see maybe any other states that Trump won in 2016 that the Democrats would have a realistic path in the general election? I don't. I mean, I, I, I approach the 2020 cycle believing Ohio is solidly Republican yep. and even Florida is, is solidly Republican. Great. I did have Steve Shale. Steve Shale, my podcast recently, ran a, ran a Florida for Obama in, in 2008. And uh, he said he absolutely believes Florida's in play. He thinks it's really, really close, could go either direction. So he would know more than I would. But okay. But I agree with you. Look, I think the elections Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. And if, if Trump wins two of those three, it's almost impossible to beat him. You may see the Democrats go after Arizona. You may see Republicans go after Minnesota. But for the most part, it's going to come down to those three states. And uh, for the reasons you identify, uh, you know, Bernie's a little bit interesting because he's more populist. Um, but 
from a policy standpoint, you know, all of them being anti uh, anti energy, uh, all of them being basically uh, you know, pro. Certainly, Bernie's position on pro on Medicare for all is bad with the labor unions, bad for people who have who, who like their health care plans. So yeah, I, I think it's a, you know the, the the map for Trump is narrow, and they're going to try to expand it. But I I think uh, we're looking at a pretty similar map to what it looked like in 2016. So we only have a couple of minutes uh, remaining, I guess. Our, again, our guest is uh, Political Walk, Matt McCoviak. Check out his fine work, MACKonpoliticspodcast.com. That's MACKonpoliticspodcast.com. So if the frontrunners kind of shake out, as you say, Matt, with Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and, and Mike Bloomberg, do you think any of the remaining candidates, uh, particularly uh, Elizabeth Warren, Amy Klobuchar, are they are they posturing maybe for some position in the administration? I know Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren kind of had their high-profile kerfuffle, but there's been talk that Elizabeth Warren would almost accept a VP slot. I mean, after all of the things that her and Bernie went through, is that are they expecting people just to forget about that and, and mend fences? I mean, well, what's your perspective for the uh, for how these rest of these candidates are, I guess, kind of posturing for possible appointments in the administration? Yeah, I mean, the VP slot you know, decision is is – is, is always risky to evaluate, you know, months before it has to be made. You know, it's, it's about what you need at that time. And we don't know what the nominee is going to need at that time. They may need geographic balance. They may need a certain person so they can get the delegates. They need to get a majority. Uh, they may be trying to shore up a weakness that they have. I mean, there's so many different things you can try to do with a VP choice. Sure. Um, you know, the disincentive for the Klobuchar's, and the Pete Buttigieg's, uh, and the Warren's is if we're going to a broker convention, wouldn't you rather have more delegates than less? Mm. Like what is the what is the advantage to getting out? Unless you're out of money and you don't want to go into debt, uh, I think there's going to be a real, you know, sort of disincentive to get out. Now, it depends how loud you know the the call gets. You know, Klobuchar loses everywhere but her home state. Uh, if if Warren were to in fact lose Massachusetts, which I do expect, uh, I think you're going to see some new pressure on both of them. Uh, But Warren's been able to raise money. Uh, Klobuchar's had more challenges. So these campaigns don't end on ideas or or path or anything else. They usually end on on money, and that's going to be the forcing mechanism. Matt, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much, sir, and uh, have a great uh, rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, as always, for tuning in. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. Closing time One last call for alcohol So finish your whiskey or beer Closing time You don't have to go home but Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live where he takes on uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords Slippery renters Overbearing HOA boards demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. Do you have 2020 vision spiritually, geopolitically? If you want to make a difference in your life that impacts years to come, then it's time to stand with Israel by going there. Consider the thrilling excitement of joining nationally syndicated media host Dr. Sebastian Gorka on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd to 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith as you visit significant places right out of Holy Scripture. Together with like minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour. You can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, take a boat out onto the Sea of Galilee, or explore the inside of the Garden Tomb. Set forth a new personal vision for this year and reserve your spot on the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd to 11th. Register at am1280thepatriot.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. 
If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pressure washers. They spray water and get stuff clean. Sometimes it is quite that simple, but oftentimes there's a lot behind the scenes that American Pressure can help you with. What's the right nozzle to make that water spray at the right speed to accomplish cleaning without doing damage? What's the right heat to melt the grease and grime you've got to save on chemical use as well as protect the equipment you're spraying? See what we can do for you at AmericanPressure.com. 